0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Inglis, number one in its field. We resume our chat now with Ron Quinton, who began his training career in late 1993, following a spectacular career in the saddle. Well, Ron, um, you were suddenly aware that the life of the top jockey is very different to that of the trainer. You wouldn't know what hit you there for the first 12 months.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. I don't think I had a day off for two years uh, trying to get get it up and going a bit um, and uh, we gradually gradually sort of got it, got it rolling a little bit you know and you know through my training i've had some ups and downs um, you know i had uh, I had a good number of horses there at one stage, particularly when uh, Brian Mayfield Smith recommended that uh, mrs Fox Give me her, give give me the horses when Brian retired, which was a, a great boost to me. Um, I trained for Missus Fox for four years and I had ninety five winners for her.
0: Mm, tremendous. And,
1: and um, we we won some feature races as well. We we had a couple of good mares, Amber and Timeless Winds, and and um, she, he had a good, very good sprinter called Dancing Dynamite. Mm. Um, and my first winner, first runner I had for a one, and my last runner I had for a, also won. So um, then, uh, naturally, Mrs. Fox was in a in a in a latter years, and um, the that those horses all went. So it put, it put a fair gap in my stable, um, sort of losing about twenty five horses um, that were were there permanently that were no longer. Then I had another client who um, had about 20 with me, and he took them all off me and, and took them to Melbourne. And uh, so it sort of gutted my stable, and it, it took me quite a number of years to
2: rebuild. Try and
1: yeah, re, rebuild. And uh, so uh, yeah, so I, I'm back to a spot where I'm comfortable with at the moment. I currently have about 20 in work, and and. Uh, and enjoying that, it's good. And um, I have I, I have no ambition to be any, any bigger than that, but just to uh, be able to produce a, a few winners now and again, it's very satisfying.
0: We've already mentioned Easy Rocking, certainly one of the most talented horses you've trained, and he proved it by giving you your first Group 1 win. He had 20 starts, he won five, he had nine placings, Almost nine hundred thousand in prize money, and he ran second in a Doomben ten thousand too. Ron,
1: yeah, no, he was uh, he he was one of my better gallopers. Um, as we said, he he only won five races, but they were all group races. Mm. And as you said, he ran in the, uh, and second in the ten thousand. He run, uh, he run, um, he run a very good race in the Stradbroke. I think Darren rode him, and he drew about eighteen alley and. Mm. and uh you know that nearly that well that didn't help him and uh mm. but he ran a fabulous race in it as well and i think he ran third in a lightning in melbourne and we had him set for the new market and he got flattened out of the barrier when they went 20 yards so mm. that was all over them but he was a wonderful galloper um um wonderful galloper and uh, I think Darren won a couple on him and uh, Jimmy won the Salinger on him and Mick Dippman won. I think Mick won one on him. Um,
2: mm.
1: Mick was suspended when he ran in the slipper, which was unfortunate So he didn't get a very good ride in the slipper. So uh, but anyway, that was it. That was it.
0: There's something about the Victoria Oaks. I don't know what it is, but it is a very romantic old race. You won it with Bella Borghese in 2002 and, Ron, she wasn't the best filly you've ever trained, but she could stay, and she, she got the right oaks on the right day, didn't she?
1: Yeah, she certainly did. Um, she certainly did. Uh, it was sort of a, just a bit of a, plan, a little bit of a plan because a, quite a few of the guys that owned her were clean race goers, and a few of them come from Melbourne. And I said, oh, you guys would be at the spring carnival in, in the spring. And they said, yeah. I said, well, we just might bring a f- that filly down. You know, I said, you know, she's. Uh, you all have a good time down there and mm. we might even think about bringing her down. And uh, anyway, we took her down and uh, she ran in the thousand guineas. Brett Preble rode her. And I said to Brett, she drew one. I said, mate, they'll be too nippy for her around Caulfield, but just you show her the way around. And mm. anyway, she ran terrific. She got beat, uh, got beat about a length and a half and run fifth. Mm. And and then she run in the wakeful. Uh, Chris Munster rode her in the wakeful. She drew 15 barrier. And I said, Chris, I want you to ride a quiet from the – do what Bart done with his filly last year. Ride a quiet from the outside barrier. I said, you can, you can be well up there, but you'll only be caught wide and you'll end up having a too tough a run. Mm. So ride a, ride a quiet and, and just make your last 400 your best. She run fourth, got beat her neck. And anyway, uh, she pulled up well after the run and then she backed up in the oaks. And I said to Chris Munce on oaks day, I said, look, you know, you'll just have to be a little bit careful. We don't know quite whether she'll run the 2,500 or not. It's, uh, they're only young fillies. And um Muncie says... And we all know how Chris rides, and uh, he said she won't be getting back today. I tell you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, he had a fourth, one out, one back, and mm. and uh, and she won. So yeah, no, it was a good, uh, it was a great result.
0: On that note, we'll take another <laughs> break on the podcast. Ron, back in just a moment. 2019 Sydney Classic yearling sale will entail 4 days of book 1, February the 9th to the 12th, when 808 yearlings will be offered, and the highway session book 2, February the 14th, which will see a further 205 youngsters go under the hammer. Wednesday the 13th of February will be a highway race day at Warwick Farm, featuring two highway handicaps. One for country-trained horses, one for provincial-trained horses. If the winner of either highway race is an eligible English graduate, the winning trainer will receive a $50,000 credit voucher to spend at the highway session the following day. In recent years, the Classic Sale has produced horses like She Will Reign, Yankee Rose, Extreme Choice, Extra Brute, I Am A Star, Hellbent and Maid Of Heaven, all distinguished Group 1 winners. Top horses just keep turning up from the Sydney Classic Yearling Sale. Back with Ron Quinton, we're about to talk about one of his good mares of Course I Can, who won eight races from 28 starts, almost 800000 in prize money. She won the Winona Girl quality at her fifth, that was her fifth uh, success. And then in the autumn of 2012, you decided to put Cathy O'Hara on this mare and you left her on. Kathy won the Liverpool City Cup honor her at Warwick Farm and then rode her in the Coolmore Classic.
1: Yeah, of, <clears throat> of course I can. It was was a bit like Easy Rocking. She could run a a sensational gallop any morning you wanted her to. Mm. And uh, she had a she could really gallop. It did take us a long time to get her really nicely educated. Mm. She was quite erratic uh, when we first got her, but she was a class galloper. Um, yeah, and Kathy, um, Kathy won the Liverpool City Cup on her. And I told Cathy, I said, look, she's got a wonderful turn of foot, this filly. So don't go too quick on her. She she can really jump out of the ground. And uh, actually, when Cathy come in, she said, oh I didn't think she'd go that quick, you know. Mm. And she actually did go a little bit too quick on her, but uh, she still won. And then she and of course she won the Coolmore, and and uh, she ran third. I think it was in a Wafer Age race. That really good mare from Melbourne, uh, Atlantic, whatever her name was.
0: Jewel uh, Atlantic Jewel.
1: Yeah, she ran third. Uh,
0: It was the uh, all-age stakes.
1: Yeah. So, no, she was a wonderful galloper and, uh, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, she won the Coolmore, which was
0: a great race to win. You won a second Coolmore with a lovely filly called Peeping who was lightly raced. She only had 14 runs. She won six of them. Your apprentice, Sam Clipperton, rode her in every start, Ron, in all 14 starts. They were a good combination.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, you know, and Sam's ride in the Cool War was just one of the best rides you'd ever see, you know, I think uh, he probably outfoxed the second jockey um, uh, in the early part of the race, and um, and she got home, and uh, oh, she was a lovely, she was a wonderful little race mare, uh, peeping, and... Um, yeah, so she won six races, placed a few times. Yeah, she actually, pu- she actually pulled up one day with her heart arrhythmia, and then she bounced back next start and bolted in. So, mm. no, she she was a very very good mare owned by Tom Kelly. And interestingly enough, back in the 70s, I rode a filly called Peeping that was also owned by the Kellys as well. So, mm. uh, a little bit of trivia.
0: Ron, she sadly had to be put down at stud peeping with a chronic attack of colic.
1: Yeah, she uh, she was out spelling and uh, uh, Tom rang me and said, oh, I think she's in a bit of trouble and Mm. eventually uh, 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 they had to put her down. So it was very, very sad because she still had a lot to offer.
0: Now, one of your favourites, Daisy Doom. Nine wins. She won the Millie Fox, the Golden Pendant and the Dark Jewel at Scone, which is a Group 3. What a tough mare she is.
1: Yeah, no, she's as tough as teak. Um, uh, a little bit silly, um, but uh, in the early days she was a bit of a handful, but uh, she eventually come round pretty good and, uh, oh, yeah, tough. Tough as, tough as old boots. Fancy uh,
0: having two mares like Daisy Doom and Dixie Blossoms, Ron, at the same time. Dixie's also won six races and about a dozen placings and almost a million dollars. You've had them in the stable at the same time.
1: Yeah, quite amazing that you get two mares, uh, same age, all the same running over the same distances. Mm. And, uh, yeah, sort of a bit sad in a way that, we had to run them against each other so many times, but that was the way it is, and I, you couldn't avoid it. so last last couple of preps I've been able to separate them from their fir- for their first run, uh, but then they had to join up again and 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 uh, compete against each other. But they have been uh, two wonderful mares for the stable.
0: And racing fans in Sydney will get to see them one more time, Ron, because uh, they're about to begin their final preparations. This will be it.
1: That's it. Uh, they'll run in the autumn and then they'll be off to stud in the, in the spring. So uh, probably a miracle that um, Dixie didn't go to stud this, this year. Um, but when she got narrowly beaten in the mire, uh, not this year but the year before, uh, someone mentioned to uh, Alan that... Um, he said, oh, you don't want to retire those mares while they're going good, you know,
2: mm.
1: and so Alan come to me and mentioned to me what the guy said and I said, well, of course he's right, Alan, no doubt about it, of course he's right.
0: <laughs> of
1: course. He, he said, oh, of course you'd say that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I know you tickle pink to have them both back for one more prep. You're going to enjoy it and you know one thing about both of them, Ron, uh, when they get beaten they don't go down without a fight.
1: They've been very honest and consistent all the way along.
0: The Theo Green influence has never left you. You spent a lot of time as a jockey mentor with Racing New South Wales Equine Academy, looking after the apprentices school. And for a bloke like you, that must have been a very rewarding experience.
1: Yeah, no, I did. When I didn't have many horses in training, I uh, I was doing a little bit of work uh, with Racing New South Wales in regard to that. Area, but then when I started to get some more horses, uh, I I, uh, I didn't continue doing that. Um, I think that that is one aspect of racing in Sydney that needs to be really addressed. Um, we uh, uh, Apprentice Academy would be the o- ideal thing, mm-hmm. but um, I think they've always been pretty reluctant. Not to do it here, I don't – I suppose cost factor would be one of the main reasons, but we do really need um, uh, an apprentice academy similar to what they have in either Ireland or South Africa. South Africa have a wonderful system. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, Jeff Lloyd um, has actually sent his son to South Africa to go through that that school, mm. so yeah, uh, and I did ride in South Africa, and I did witness the um, apprentice academy thing there, and it's very good. They teach teach them dedication and um, and discipline, which is so important.
0: Well, you better keep chipping away, Ron Quinton. Uh, I'm sure you have the ear of Mister Velandis. so don't get off that ear. Yeah. You've had a constant cavalcade of apprentices through your stables. Mark Newnham, Mitch Newman, Hugh Bowman, Bobby Alyssa, Brad Pengelly, Mitchell Bell, Scott Pollard, Sam Clipperton, Andrew Adkins. That's a pretty healthy bunch.
1: Yes, yes, certainly, and uh, they could all ride. They could all ride, and and I think most of them – you know, won the apprentice, apprentice title. Um, and uh, no, they were all good kids to work with, um, some a little bit harder than others, but um, but uh, all round a good bunch of, or a real good bunch of kids.
0: Ron, the racing industry was very saddened last year to learn of the sudden passing of your wonderful wife, Margaret. It's been tough going and I know you've been, so grateful to have had your horses and your racing involvement to help you through a very tough time
1: john i um, i didn't uh, i didn't expect to have to encounter what happened that morning no. um, and um, you know uh, there was just uh, no warning um, we were to fly to Queensland in a couple of hours that morning. Mm. And, um, yeah, as I say, I, I, I couldn't expect to um, have to uh, deal with that uh, as it, the way it happened. And, uh, yeah, it's left a uh, huge gap, um, a huge gap in me, um, Margaret was a uh, a wonderful mother. Uh, brought up three great kids: Sean, Trent, and Annabelle. And they, Sean and Annabelle, have got their own little family now. And Margaret was a a loving and solid wife. And um, it's very hard to explain. What it, what it's done, um, mm. because until you experience what happened or that happens, you you take so many things for granted. Um, she was great in the office. She was great with people. I don't think I ever heard anyone ever say anything bad about her. Um, as I say, just a wonderful mum and. You know, a loving wife, and no, yeah, she, was
0: a, she was, was a great girl. I can remember the first day you ever brought her to the races, Ron. It was a, it was a midweek meeting at Canterbury. I was up in the broadcasting box. It was the first race you didn't have a ride in the race, and you brought your new girlfriend up, and you sat right underneath my broadcasting box. And I came out after the race, and you introduced me to your new uh, partner. And that was Margaret Quinton. It's such a long time ago.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we were married for 45 years.
0: Um, and
1: uh, you know, as I say, it leaves a. I'm, I'm for, very fortunate in a way that uh, I've got these bloody horses, and um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I guess my closest friends are the racing industry. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I haven't got any family myself. I'm not – I was an only child um, Mm. and uh, Margaret often said, you you carry on like an only child.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can uh, hear her saying it. Hey, (coughs) Ronnie, according to my calculations, you've either turned 70 or you're getting awfully close to it, but you're very fit and you're enjoying what you're doing.
1: Yes, uh, that's exactly right and – these birthdays seem to come around quicker these days for some reason or other. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's all good. I'm pretty fit and uh, pretty fit as far as I know. So uh, we'll just keep keep on keeping on while we can.
0: For a bloke who rode for such a long time, and a bloke who went around as often as you did, you don't show the legacy of too many race falls. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Did you tell me once? that you never broke a leg in all your years as a jockey. You never suffered a broken leg. That's pretty, uh, that's, that's pretty freaky.
1: Yeah, that, that's quite correct. I had a small little uh, small little fracture in the outside bone of my leg, but it was, was, well, the doctor did say, he said, you don't really need that bone. I said, well, try and work, walk without it. It's a bit hard, but um, <laughs> anyway, no, I... I was very, very fortunate that um, I didn't have any – I broke wrists my wrists and arms and stuff like that, but um, never had a head injury or an internal injury ever. I think I had a total of 12 race falls altogether mm. um, and was able to uh, get up and walk away every time. So I was very fortunate in that regard that um, – that um, I never had a really a serious one, you know?
0: Ronnie, this is by no means the first interview I've ever conducted with you. I've never enjoyed one more than this one on the podcast, and I've got news for you, son. We'll do it again in the future.
1: No, that sounds good, John. Uh, you just want to keep this one because I don't think too much will change.
0: <laughs> I'll keep it. Ron, yeah. thanks for your time. Great to have a chat. A pleasure, John, any time. You've been listening to Ron Quinton and this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. The 2019 English Premier Yearling Sale will be held at Oakland's Junction in Melbourne where 786 lots have been catalogued for four days of selling between the 3rd and the 6th of March. The Premier Sale has produced some of Australia's best performers in the last year including Group One winning two-year-olds written by and Seabrook, four-time Group One winner Santa Anna Lane and the exciting 3 year old Ringer ding ding the 2019 premier catalogue is bursting with quality and features siblings to 73 stakes winners and eight Group 1 winners, including Boom Time, Shocking, Pinker Pinker and Seabrook. The sale will be held at a new-look Oakland's complex, which is undergoing an $8 million refurbishment, making it one of the best auction houses in the world. The dates again March 3rd to March 6th and catalogues are available online at inglis.com.au or in hard copy for the 2019 Premier Yearling Sale.